thanks, Mike. Uh, yeah, certainly. Well, we'll keep uh, everybody updated with that weather. Stay tuned to WDAY. And uh, as more information comes available, Mike, I'm sure you guys are going to jump in on us and uh, we'll, we'll make sure we get all that info out. Uh, all right. Well, that's uh, that's it. So we'll, we'll stay tuned for all that info. Uh, we're here today. Uh, Congressman Kevin Kramer going to be coming up a little bit later in the program at 1.30. We'll be talking with him, uh, his regular open phone segment. If you want to call in with comments or questions, 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329, email talk at WDAY.com. Good afternoon, Atil. How are you? Oh, maybe Natil's busy. We're busy all over the place. Uh, all right, so you know what we're going to talk a little bit about, and uh, we may have to go to a commercial break here, but I just want to set this up for you. I wanted to talk a little bit about this uh, Woodrow Wilson school name situation. Uh, there is a, a little bit of a controversy. Jim Shaw started it with a, uh, a column that he wrote. Now the uh, Fargo City officials are going to be looking at uh, changing that name and I'm not sure, sure that they should. And I, I don't really have a dog in this fight. Woodrow Wilson was a Democratic president, uh, sort of a, a early luminary of the progressive movement. So ideologically, I'm, I'm not exactly one who's going to be, I, I guess, going to bat for this guy to keep his name on a school. But I, I do think that there is some danger in changing names like this or I think it's fair to say erasing history. And I'd love to hear what you think about it. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to dig into that issue right away. This is the Rob Report on 970 WDAY. Don't go away. Thank you, Mike, and we'll get back to it. Certainly stay tuned here for all the weather updates. We'll keep keep uh, bringing you that news as it uh, as it emerges. All right, we're going to get back. I started off uh, talking a little bit here about the uh, Woodrow Wilson situation, naming the school down there. I'm just going to lay out the points real quick. Uh, This guy, like I said, Democratic president, luminary of of the progressive movement, presided over the implementation of a host of progressive priorities, uh, including the Federal Trade Commission, uh, the Clayton Antitrust Act, the Federal Farm Loan Act. Uh, He created the modern, uh, I, I guess, after the 16th Amendment. Uh, it was during the Woodrow administration that we created the, the federal income tax, as we know it today. Uh, he helped create an eight-hour workday for railroad workers. Uh, he was was heavily involved in the Paris Peace Treaty at the conclusion of World War One. At his behest, that treaty included the, the Charter of the League of Nations, a forerunner of the United Nations. So that was Woodrow Wilson. He stood astride some pretty important parts of American history. But he was also a racist. As the president of Princeton University, he worked to discourage black students from enrolling. In his writings, he downplayed lynchings perpetrated by the Ku Klux Klan. As as president, he appointed segregationists to his cabinet. He screened the Ku Klux Klan propaganda film, Birth of a Nation, something of a masterpiece, I guess, because of its groundbreaking cinematography. But certainly the content matter was offensive. He screened it in the White House. He was also no friend of free speech rights. Uh, he pushed for and saw made law the Espionage Act of 1917, the Sedition Act of 1918, both repugnant examples of public policy, which criminalized perfectly legitimate acts of dissent against the government. So Woodrow Wilson's legacy is mixed. But I don't think that, that his name should be removed from that. If we were picking a new name for a school today, Woodrow Wilson wouldn't be on my list. But because his name has already been associated with that school for decades, I say it's a teachable moment. Teach that history. And by the way, which historical figures don't have skeletons in their closet? Right? 
Wilson was a racist, sure, but George Washington and Thomas Jefferson literally owned slaves. Wilson criminalized criticism of his administration's efforts, uh, war efforts, but Abraham Lincoln, among other moves against civil rights, suspended habeas corpus in order to allow the indefinite detention of disloyal persons. Wilson put segregationists in his cabinet. Franklin Delano Roosevelt put as many as 120,000 Japanese Americans into internment camps. So we're going to start with Wilson. Then where, where does it end? Do we rename everything named after Washington, everything named after Jefferson, everything named after Lincoln and Franklin Roosevelt? Are we going to do all that? Or should we admit that these historical figures are complex, that they're complicated, and do our best to teach that history and to understand that history and to embrace that history warts and all? I opt for the latter rather than the former. We got a caller on the line, Karen. What's up, Karen? Those other uh, presidents were not racist. They were just living in their time. Woodrow well, wasn't Woodrow Wilson, Wilson living in his time? I mean, I'm not defending his positions. He was a racist. I mean, his his by modern standards, I, his I, outlook was was abhorrent. But he was a product of his times as well, was he not? No. Um, Woodrow Wilson was an 1850s Democrat. He brought Jim Crow to Washington, D.C. I understand presidents are not perfect, but he was... To help create the League of Nations, the forerunner of the United Nations. I know many good things that he did do. I know no president is perfect, but he was an 1800s president, Democrat, racist, in the 1900s, he was not pro- progress- progressive to me. He brought segregation between blacks and whites to Washington, yeah. D.C. There's, there's, there's no question. Woodrow Wilson had some pretty disgusting views on race. That said, what, what are we doing here? Are, are, we, are we just going to erase him from history? I mean, I, I, I think he was the president of the United States. That name has been associated with that school for a long time. Why not use it as a moment to teach about his legacy and, and, and maybe tell a story about how history is complex and public officials, these, these world leaders, are as capable of great things as they are of dark and terrible things. Why not do that? That's what I would prefer. Thanks for the call, Karen. I'm going to try to sneak in Bruce here before we break as well. Bruce, go ahead. Hey, Rob. The biggest the, the thing that I think everybody's missing here is the cost associated with this. According yeah. to Jim Shaw, it would only be a couple hundred bucks to change the lettering. I mean, how big a fool is this guy? The lettering, changing that on the school would cost thousands, besides changing all the letterhead, changing all the paperwork that's associated with it. I mean, but of course, guys who think like that could care less because it isn't their money. They just come up with these ideas for something that makes them feel good, and then they stick the taxpayers with it. You know what? Most people don't care what Woodrow Wilson did. And it's already there, like he said, leave it alone unless he's willing to dig into his own pocket or people who think like him are willing to pay for it. But as a Fargo taxpayer, leave me out of it, in my opinion. You know, I I, I don't disagree, Bruce. And and listen, I mean, there, there may come a situation where we've got a school or something named after somebody who does something. And by the way, this is why I don't like naming public buildings after politicians who are still living. 
because they can later in their careers or later in their lives, things can come out about them, and we find out that they were actually a pretty awful person, and we don't want a building named after them, and then we got to go through the expense of changing them. That's why I don't like naming buildings or things or whatever after living politicians or living people. Once they're dead, I'm okay with it. But even then, I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe we discover something or whatever where, where the name really needs to be changed. Woodrow Wilson, I don't know, he's a complex figure. He's a very important president. Love him or hate him, he was participated in some pretty important, pretty significant top parts of history of both of our country and the world. And honestly, I think it's better to lean into that than to uh, pretend it doesn't exist. Got to go. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back. Rob Report here on 970 WDAY, 701-293-9000, That's your toll-free number. Email talk at WDAY.com. All sorts of weather reports going on, so stay tuned right here to 970 WDAY. We'll keep bringing you all that information. But right now, Congressman Kevin Kramer for our weekly segment. Mr. Uh, Congressman, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you, Rob? Uh, doing pretty good. We're uh, batting down the hatches a little bit out here in North Dakota. You know how That's it is with I the spring weather. Yeah. yeah. Well, I I tell you what, it's uh, I'm, I'm I'm watching. We have cable television on in my office right now, and there's a countdown to the Comey hearing tomorrow. How's this? <laughs> how, is, I mean, this is it's like the Super Bowl or something is going to happen. Uh, what are you expecting? I mean, it's it seems like there's all sorts of leaks and this and that and everything. What what are you mm-hmm. expecting to hear? Yeah, it's interesting because, of course, it's a, it's a Senate committee hearing, and I'm not in the Senate, and I wouldn't be on the committee jurisdiction anyway, but it's hard not to be at least amused by it. Here's what I expect, and, and I don't base this on any inside knowledge of any type other than just my observations of what's going on, and, and frankly, my observations of, of Director Comey, and that is I expect he's going to say something like, well, there were times when I was uncomfortable with what the president seemed to be saying, but... He never directly ordered me to uh, interfere or, or stop an investigation, uh, and, and that, this is how this is just how he's been from the very beginning on several things. He's he likes to he seems to like the spotlight an awful lot. I think that's part of what's gotten him in trouble. But that's again that's just the way I observe it, observing his behavior. But um, who knows. We'll see, I guess. I mean, do you have concerns? Because obviously there's been accusations made. And, and again, we've had all these reports, all this speculation about what went on between President Trump and Director Comey. I mean, do you have any concerns heading into this that that, that you feel need you need to hear something to, to settle them? I mean, are, are, do you have any any doubts at all or any qualms? You know, I, I would say this, Rob. Part of the problem with the premise of the question is unless there is something – um, you know, I, 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 you know, unless there is something that we seem to always be waiting for the something that may not be there to be revealed. And I think that's part of the problem is that is until such time as somebody either start, uh, a, a, a shot clock on it or somebody comes up with some something substantive, um, this is just going to be a drama played out in, in the imagination of our media. So we'll see. Again, if Jim Comey can't indict the president on obstruction of justice, then there's a good chance there's no obstruction of justice. I don't expect he's going to. Like I said, I think he's going to express some frustration, maybe some disappointment, maybe some uncomfortableness. But let's remember, he didn't quit the job. Jim Comey didn't say, I can't work for this guy. He's too unethical. Uh, 
Uh, he didn't say, hey, you know, this, this president asked me to obstruct justice. He asked me to stop an investigation. I mean, if any of those things happened, he was obligated to raise the issue a long time ago, not after he was fired. So I just, it, to me, it just doesn't play out, you know, the way that, that the Trump haters hope it will. 701-293-9000. We have Congressman Kevin Kramer. If you want to ask any comment, you have any comments, you have any questions, you can certainly ask them whenever you want. Uh, 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329, email talk at WDAY.com. Kevin, where are we uh, in terms of um, anything else that's going on in Washington? I mean, is there anything else going on in Washington? Yeah. Are you guys continuing so, so to work this, out there despite? It's a great despite... question because there's a lot going on. Uh, this this week, as a matter of fact, in the House, and this, you can probably hear some of the noise that go in and out of my booth here. We're, we're on the floor voting on the rules for, for tomorrow's vote on the uh, Financial Choice Act, which is a repeal of much of Dodd-Frank. And, and it's the repeal of the parts that have been most egregious to community banks. You know, since Dodd-Frank passed, uh, the large banks that it was supposedly intended to rein in have only gotten larger. Uh, they, they've got a too big to fail clause, as you know, um, and uh, and we've lost the community bank every day, ever since. And so, most of the, uh, as is usually the case with with big uh, regulatory laws like Dodd Frank was, it's the small banks that can't comply. It's the large banks that have no trouble complying uh, with the bureaucracy. So, uh, we're going to actually bring it up for a vote tomorrow. It does a number of things. It, it provides an off ramp for small banks or for any bank, that if they meet the, a 10% capital requirement, which, by the way, is a pretty high percentage, um, if they meet a 10% capital requirement, then they are exempt from many of the other compliance and other regulations. Uh, and and, and the, the uh, community banks have been very supportive of this, as, as has pretty much every organization of Chamber of Commerce, NFIB, uh, Freedom Works, uh, Club for Growth, the Heritage Foundation, uh, small business, large business, uh, it just, it'll do a lot to free up capital. Uh, home builders and realtors, for example, uh, farmers uh, had a harder time getting capital because of regulations at the community bank level, especially. Um, so that's that's very big stuff that's going to probably happen under the radar tomorrow, even though it's a big bill and, and uh, major reforms. The, uh, the other thing that's going on, of course, is the president's been meeting with governors and others um, today and, and yesterday and, and tomorrow and uh, – talking about infrastructure and, you know, putting a little meat on the bones of his infrastructure um, plans. And yeah. then, uh, you know, lots, so there's a lot of stuff going on. Well, let me, let me, let me ask you, yeah, let me ask you a little bit about the infrastructure yeah. thing, because Governor Doug Burgum's going to be out there. I think well, he's meeting with uh, with the president tomorrow, correct? Are you in on that? I mean, I think, are you I think that's that right. No, no, that's the governor's meeting. Okay. Okay. Do, do you, I mean, do you have any idea, like, in terms of, because cause the president is, is, is offering some pretty – pretty significant investment in terms of of infrastructure uh, what does that mean for north dakota i mean do, do we have any inkling yet or, or even what could be on the table in terms of projects for for our state our region no i i don't know i i can tell you what i've been doing is team has been putting together uh, an inventory of north dakota projects and uh that includes not just the, the highway and bridge projects but other major water projects, uh, airport projects, um, you know, pipeline projects, they're all part of this infrastructure build It's not just what we think of traditionally as you know, gas tax-funded projects. So, um, you know, in terms of North Dakota, there's, we've got some big things already happening. Our biggest thing is with the gas or the uh, 
Highway Trust Fund is to not change the formula to disadvantage a state like North Dakota that obviously has a lot of infrastructure with, with not as much traffic, but it's still critical as part of the interstate transportation system that moves goods and services um, from me, state to state, from coast to coast. Let, 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 me, let me ask you a question about practical policymaking in the Trump era, because you, you said yeah. something about, you know, you've got something, stuff that's going on sort of under the radar. It is wall-to-wall coverage of, the, you know, the, the Comey hearings and before that, you know, whatever the president put on Twitter on a day-to-day. Somebody, somebody asked me, and, and they were wondering if it's actually harder or easier to make policy when the spotlight is sort of focused on the president all the time. Yeah, that's a great question. It's, it's certainly a new one for me. Um, you know, having having a Republican president with all that spotlight, in some respects, there are some parts of it, Rob, that I've found easier. I mean, take tax reform as an example. The, the uh, you know the tax reform blueprint's been out there for a long time. The Republican blueprint. They've actually been having hearings now for a couple of weeks on major aspects of the of the plan. Lots of people from realtors and and uh, large business, small business, uh, agriculture. Exporters, importers, retailers have been commenting on it and on the on the blueprint, offering amendments. Um, all that's been going on, uh, again, pretty much unnoticed. And at some point here, we'll you know we'll get to a point where where uh, you know we maybe bring a bill to the floor and and try to do something. And, and so, you know, in some respects, it's been easier because you don't have this scrutiny of uh, you know the hyper the hyper media. Um, but on the other hand, what I what I sort of regret about it, and, and that is, is that again, it's by choice. But there's not as much transparency transparency in the process when everybody's looking at the bright shiny object over here. You know, in serious policy discussions are happening over there. Now, uh, you know, there's lots of ways to stay on top of things, but um, and it's up to each of us to to pay attention. But uh, so so it's it's sort of a you know six to one, half dozen to the other. What I worry more about, though, Rob, to be honest, is the emotion of it and the politics of it, because you know, if you, you want to do some things in a bipartisan way, you you need, um, you know, you need more members to buy in. You, you want to do what's right by the the great, you know, the greater country in, in many respects. And and the polarization of the politics of some of this drama, I think, is a, a bigger concern uh, for for me because some people just they're paralyzed by it, frankly. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate. Well, Congressman, we're all out of time for today. Uh, certainly, uh, we'll talk with you next week. Look forward to it. Thanks, Rob. Thank you for your time, as always. This is the Rob Report on 970 WDAY. We're going to wrap things up right after this. 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Just about to lose my mind. I was going to Welcome back, Rob Report here on 970 WDAY. We've uh, had weather updates for you all this hour. We will continue to give those, continue to keep you updated on the weather, so stay tuned for that. This is your place you want to be if you want to stay up to date on those things. We uh, started the show talking a little bit about this Woodrow Wilson uh, school controversy, and I mean, we're going to have a debate about it. And, and listen, I do think that this is a healthy debate. And I do think that there are circumstances under which it might be appropriate to change the name. I, I, I guess the point that I'm saying is I'm, I'm not sure. What I'm looking for is a consistent, if we're going to start changing the names, because we've, we've named a lot of stuff after presidents and other historical figures. 
And if this is the game we're going to start playing, where we're going to start going through and we're going to pull the skeletons out of their closet and say, well, because of this, we can't name the school this, then where does it end? Where does it end? If you ask me, I wouldn't name anything after Woodrow Wilson. I don't like his politics. He was a progressive. I think his policy achievements are dubious at best. But he was a president during some very important times in our country, World War I most notably. He did implement some very influential policy. I would say today the Espionage Act of 1917 is still a very relevant piece of federal policy today. So he's he's a he's a he's a complex figure. And I say because the school is already named after the guy, why not lean into it? Who was Woodrow Wilson? I honestly don't think the World War One era is an era that we talk about nearly enough. We're always talking about World War Two. We're always talking about, you know, Franklin Roosevelt and a lot of the leaders of those eras. We don't really talk about the early days of the progressive movement all that much. We don't really talk about the, those turn of the century presidents coming into the 20th century he was an important figure then and it might be worthwhile to preserve that name if for no other reason than to have an excuse to make that a part of the curriculum and by the way i think woodrow wilson is an important figure for illustrating a point about political figures in general which is that they and and this is going to sound maybe a little trite, but they're not saints. And I don't. maybe nobody out there is believing that the politicians are saints, but we sometimes, particularly with political leaders, pass into history. We have a tendency towards hagiography, right? Like the George Washington cannot tell a lie and a lot of, a lot of honest Abe Lincoln, right? A lot of that sort of thing. And the truth was they all had skeletons. They all had flaws, some deeper than others. But it's worthwhile to learn about those figures in in their fullness and i i worry what we're going to do if we're going to go on these campaigns because where does it stop if it's if it's woodrow wilson well then is it all the slave owners is it is it is it franklin roosevelt who interred 120,000 japanese americans not to mention uh italians and german americans by the way there were internments under woodrow wilson as well is it supreme court justices one of the one of the aspects of Woodrow Wilson, you know, every, everybody always talks about shouting fire. And I actually wrote an article about this this week. Everybody always talks about shouting, shouting fire in a theater when we're talking about free speech cases. Well, that comes from a U.S. Supreme Court case, which originated with the 1917 Espionage Act, which was pushed for by Woodrow Wilson and was upheld by progressive Supreme Court Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr. In a unanimous Supreme Court decision, they upheld putting somebody in jail for dissenting against world war one political speech i'm pretty sure there's probably some things out there named after oliver wendell holmes jr are we going to rip all those down too history is too complex for this sort of a blunt approach that's what i'm cautioning thanks for listening jay thomas show coming up next you can always catch me here 1 to 2 p.m monday through friday 24 hours a day seven days a week it's anything blog.com north dakota's most popular political blog thanks for listening we'll talk again